Hi there and welcome to the final episode of the first season of the Valencia Property Podcast and today we're looking at the bonus ball. What is it and what does it mean? But first, we're not going away, we're uh, just taking a break. Um, we're going monthly after this so the next episode will be out probably at the end of June. Today we're going to look back at what we've done so far on the podcast, tell you where to find those episodes look at what the podcast has done for us as a company as Valencia Property and look at the properties we've sold this year in terms of prices, availability, people who were buying and a whole lot more. We're also looking at how we've worked to find that special property for our clients and how the bonus ball is often one that wins the prize. What's the bonus ball? Why does the bonus ball often get chosen? Well, we'll look at issues in the market at the moment and also we'll have a bumper crop of questions from listeners for you to enjoy me trying to answer. We'll start as usual with the questions before getting into the meat of this week's episode. We have questions about Valencia itself and about property in Valencia, and it's a bumper crop. So, let's go. Mickey asked, If I have to make compromises, do I compromise on the property or the location? The property. Always. Every. Single. Time. You find where you want to be first, and then you look for a property that's a 7 or 8 out of 10. The rest you can always make up later if you feel like it. If you're happy in the location, then even small problems with the property are bearable. If you're happy in the property but the area doesn't do it for you, then you'll be reminded every single time you step out of your door. But more importantly, you can't really do anything about it. Improvements can be done in a home. It's more difficult in a whole area. John asked, It's my first visit to Valencia next week. What should I be concentrating on doing if I eventually want to move here? Okay, firstly, John, look around, walk around, cycle around, just get around. Find the place or places you might want to be when you do finally come over here to live and experience them. Explore and go to those areas in the evenings too. Mostly though, just enjoy it. Don't feel any pressure to do anything or to do too much. Just let things flow a bit and see what you like. Because when you're living here, you're not trying to achieve something. You're just living. You're just allowing yourself to enjoy living here. A quick tip though that some of our clients have enjoyed, get a ticket on the tourist bus on the top floor. It's a day thing where you can hop on and hop off all day and get to see a lot of the city from the top deck. Get on early though as it's due to be a hot week and you don't want to be on that top deck in the sun for hours at a time. The other option would be to take a cycle tour around the city. It's easy, it's cheap, it's fun and you get a guide too so it's really worth it. You see lots of cycle tours going around the city because it's a great place to cycle. We'll talk about that later. Zach asked, what are the risks if I don't use a lawyer? Your funeral, missed encumbrances, liens, etc, illegality, excess builds and extensions, differences between the stated meters in the catastro and the registry, tax implications of reference values, charges left over from utility bills that haven't been paid. You get the picture. There's a reason lawyers exist here in property and it's to get things in place before you put any money down on the property Basically to save yourself from yourself. Sometimes people get excited and immediately put money down. That's a problem. Melanie asked, I know Spain in general is LGBTQIA friendly, that's a lot of letters, but it would be helpful to know what the scene is like in Valencia if you have any info. My daughter's gay and is going to be interrailing later in the year, so she's doing some research. Not that she exclusively hangs out in gay friendly places, but it's good to know she can feel comfortable. And also, for future reference, if we ever get out of this miserable country, uh, Melanie's from the UK, and things are just getting worse, if you like. Anyway, 
As far as I know, as I haven't been to any gay bars recently, there's a big and welcoming LGBTQIA scene in Valencia. Everyone we've ever dealt with who is gay coming to live in Valencia has felt welcomed and not at all threatened here. You do hear about the odd hate crime in Spain, mostly in more conservative parts, and there was a recent incident in a nightclub here in Valencia when someone was being picked on for being gay, and the bouncers threw them out of the club violently rather than the aggressors. But it's rare, and the outrage on social media towards that club, I'm looking at you, Aquarela Playa, was something to behold. Um, Dave asked, hey, Hi Graham, any language schools you recommend in Valencia? Um, there are lots, and there aren't really any we don't recommend. Most will do intensive courses, so you get a flying start in your Spanish. I've left a link in the show notes with 16 places, for example. But Inter Europa, Taranja, El Carmen Spanish School, and Inlingua spring to mind, along with International House. These are places our clients have used before and enjoyed, and more importantly, learned some Spanish. Fiona asked, What's the weirdest and most wonderful bar or cafe in Valencia? Um... Others may have other suggestions, and feel free to give me them, uh, but I've got to go for the Bella de Cadiz cocktail bar, as featured on Travel Man, when Richard Ayoade and Sarah Pascoe get absolutely wasted on Agua de Valencia. I've left the video in the recommended section. It's well worth a visit for a fishbowl of Agua de Valencia, or a gin and tonic if that's your thing. Or you could just grab a beer, it's not obligatory to get a cocktail. But it's interesting to go there. Melissa asked, what's the situation with squatters in Valencia and what rights does the homeowner have? Seems to be an increasingly bad situation in other areas like Barcelona. Is it a problem in Valencia and what can be done? So, Melissa, it exists to be sure, but it's a very small group in certain areas affected by it. I think we need to distinguish between two things though. Squatting in an empty property and non-payment of rent leading to squatting. The first one is rare, squatters generally want a place where they're not going to get hassled, so they often look for empty bank properties, as they know the bank will take forever to move them on. We had squatters move into a place we had for sale once, but they moved out as soon as a neighbour told them it wasn't a bank property and the owners might be a bit annoyed, um, thinking in inverted commas, violent maybe, if they didn't move out. I also know of a few cases in the Cabanyal where the squatting was resolved by a word with the local gypsy patriarch and the payment of some money. It's a few families in the area responsible for squatting, and usually a negotiation gets them out. It costs money, but they go. There's a difference between that and not paying rent. This is why we always advise getting non-payment insurance and checking out potential tenants before starting a rental, if renting in the local market. The insurance companies will make sure the tenant is a good bet. And if they don't pay, then it's the insurance company who continues to pay the rent to you while taking the steps to remove the tenant. Now the truth is, it takes a long time to get the tenants out for sure if you go down this route. But with insurance, it's not too bad because you're still getting your rent paid. This happened quite a lot during Covid with people losing their jobs, but usually an amicable solution was arrived at because people recognised that a few months of non or lower payment was better than going into a full-scale legal process. And let's face it, loads of people were unfortunate during the pandemic, but they've got back to work after. So is it a problem in Valencia? If you have squatters, it's a problem. What's the likelihood of you having squatters? It's pretty low, really. James asked the question, what are the five best things about living in Valencia? And we're going to answer that later in the episode, after the bonus ball part. We had a good think about this one. The main part of the pod is all about the podcast. 
I know it's a bit meta. It's also about the current state of the market and a bit about bonus balls, as we said before. So when we started the podcast, we thought it would be something that could help people with questions they had about the process of buying property in Valencia, Spain. What we didn't realize initially was that the podcast would have the reach it has on all podcast platforms and YouTube, allowing people to listen to us in so many different ways. We've heard from people who listen to my dulcet tones on the commute, on the treadmill, while out walking the dog, and even in bulk on a long car journey. 17 episodes at that point, and they were listened down on the way to Spain. We were happy to have people sharing it with friends. They thought it might help. Go on, do it. If you've got a friend, just share it. And we were glad to find out that we had positioned it well as something that gave confidence to people coming over that they had found the right realtor for them to work with, the right estate agency for them to work with, as we demonstrated knowledge, empathy, a sense of humour and experience. In terms of the benefits to our business, the podcast has encouraged people who might not read the long-form articles to come over and peruse our blog and property listings. It's definitely gained us clients who have bought properties, and it's given people an initial connection with us before coming over to look for their own Valencia property. We've covered all of the major themes that people worry about, using a lawyer, transferring funds, making sure you're not ripped off, getting a mortgage, how we, how we get you organised for buying here, what it's like living in Valencia, how to find out more about Valencia, your timelines for buying, Brexit and Brits, and even God bless America. Yes, we've covered a lot. We've also answered a lot of individual questions and have been contacted by people to have a one-on-one consultation with us about their impending move. Remember, you can also ask for a one-on-one consultation and we do it for free. We've been sent hundreds of potential properties by clients planning their trip and given honest feedback about their choices. And we're going to continue to do this and more when we return next month. Another thing we've done on the pod is that we've looked at the market and we're going to do that again right now. What are our clients buying? What's happening with prices and supply? And what are the perspectives for the next few months? Firstly, we've now sold more properties this year year than we did in the whole of 2021. And 2021 was a very good year for us. The average price paid so far this year has been 262,000, a slight dip from last year's average of 266, but that was affected by a major outlier at the top end. So average prices have risen, with the medium price being over 10,000 up on last year. 80% of our sales have been for apartments in the city of Valencia itself, and 20% for townhouses, apartments or villas outside the city. 40% have been in the 100 to 200,000 bracket, 23% in the 200 to 300 bracket, 19% in the 300 to 400,000 bracket and the rest, 18%, above 400,000, with the average in this bracket at around 489,000. Most clients have bought a single property, but we've had two clients buying two or more, and others buying a second property to complement one they already had for golden visa and rental income purposes. Regarding nationalities, our number one client base this year so far is... The Netherlands. By far, with the USA and UK neck and neck for second place, with the USA just edging it at the moment, it's been helped over the line by three sales to USA clients this week. Other clients have been from Ireland, the Czech Republic, Australia, Israel, France, Hungary, Germany, Canada, Belgium, Poland, Jordan, and yes, even Spain. We do get an international crowd over here. We're seeing prices rising still, and it's very difficult in the city to get discounts off asking price. 
There's a rise in scammers. Obviously, we covered this on the podcast, so be careful out there. And the supply is getting even more scarce, with 40% fewer properties for sale than at this time last year. What's the lesson? Well, it all starts in the paradox of choice, and of course, we have a podcast about that as well. When you've got less choice, it's easy to make a decision. What have the clients bought, though? Well, in most cases, it wasn't the property they thought they might buy before they came over to visit. It's often the bonus ball, and that's what we're going to quickly talk about today. We spend a lot of time preparing our clients for their visit and their purchase, with introductions to everyone they may need to speak to, video calls, back and forth about their requirements. However, even doing this, and maybe because of the time lag between the first contact with us and their actual visit, it's rare that somebody buys the property they got in touch with us about initially. And that's because the market's moving so quickly. If you like something, then it's likely that plenty of other people like it too. And therefore, by the time of your visit, it's gone. This is why it's so important for us to know the type of property you want so we can plan an itinerary for you to look at places while you are here. Your choice may be limited by availability, that paradox of choice thing again, but we hope to show an excellent selection that corresponds to your requirements. This itinerary is made up in the few days before we start your visits and may change up to the morning of your visits, and this is where the bonus ball comes in. The bonus ball is the property that has just been released onto the market, but we know will suit you because we know exactly what you want. It's the property that we can't publish because the owner doesn't want it to appear online for some obscure reason. Don't ask me why, but lots of people do this. It's the one that we can't photograph because it's such a mess, but we know it's great value. It's the one we have as an afterthought after visiting others and getting feedback from you because suddenly it works based on what you've said about the others. It's the one that ticks every box, but even we didn't know about it until the day before or even that same morning. It's a nice surprise and it does the job. The bonus ball's a surprise and often it's a nice surprise as opposed to a what the hell are we being shown this for surprise. Bear in mind though, there's not always a bonus ball out there. And that's fine. A bonus ball might arrive after you have left, but because of what we learnt about you and your requirements while you were here, it suits you perfectly. And a video call from the property might be something that allows you to make your decision based on that call. A bonus ball is never guaranteed, but often appears. A bonus ball might even be considered kismet or karma. Hopefully we can find your bonus ball when you have your visit with us. Plenty of others so far this year have done. And so we're finished on bonus balls, and let's go back to James's question. What are the five top things about living in Valencia? Well, I put this to the hive mind that is the people working in Valencia property, rather than actually taking responsibility for the suggestions myself, because keeping it down to five is difficult. After all, I once did a post with 112 reasons to move here. But let's go with some of the more popular suggestions, and in no particular order, they are... Number one, it's a few minutes from the beach and a short drive to the mountains. Valencia City Beach is around four and a half kilometers long and very wide, meaning it never really seems packed to the rafters. There are also plenty of other beaches around to the north and south where there are even fewer people around. We've just listed a property, for example, in Vega del Mar, which gives you what is close to a private beach for 10 months of the year. However, if beaches aren't your thing, then the mountains are never far away. Half an hour into the Sierra Calderona and an hour to even more impressive mountain ranges, and you can even go skiing in Teruel in winter. And if beaches and mountains aren't your thing and you just prefer countryside in general, then there are plenty of gorgeous places to discover inland where you can go for a hike and blow out the cobwebs. 
Number two, public transport and cycling infrastructure. If you live in Valencia and you want to get around, you don't need a car. The city is compact, it's easily navigable, being almost totally flat. Therefore, a single gear bike is more than enough to get around, and we have a hugely extensive network of bike paths to get around the city, and also out of the city and into the countryside. Not a cyclist? Then the public transport system in Valencia of buses, trams, trains is extensive and cheap. I like this to the various rental possibilities of cars, mopeds, bikes, e-scooters, and you have an easy city to get around cheaply and sustainably. Number three, the outdoor lifestyle. Now COVID was cruel to Valencia because the traditional lifestyle is an outdoor one and when people were locked indoors for almost three months, habits could have begun to fade. However, Valencians wanted to get back to as near to normal as possible post lockdown and getting back out to the street and to the pavement cafes, the parks, the playgrounds and the sports facilities was of paramount importance for, well, seemingly everyone. Valencians and those of us who have chosen to make Valencia our home never want to lose that feeling of openness and freedom that this outdoor lifestyle gives us. So we made sure we went back. Number four, the light. The Valencian painter Sorolla is best known for his depictions of Valencia life that captured the light perfectly. Apart from the two months we've just had of greyness and rain, Valencia's bright, blue and sparkling most of the year. So even in the depths of winter, it's bright, clear and usually quite warm. We don't have depths of winter. Shades are needed of course because that light can be just a little too sparkling when you are tired and grumpy on the morning school run and that's a low sun coming straight into your face. Number five, the huerto or the huerta. I suppose the closest thing to this is the green belt that's supposed to surround towns and cities to avoid construction and development spreading too far. However the huerta, the orchard in English, is essentially unique to Valencia. It encloses Valencia to the north and west with orange groves, almond groves, artichoke and tiger nut fields and a whole lot more. To the south we have the rice fields and the Albufera lake and of course there's the big blue wobbly thing to the east. I think it's called the Mediterranean. So whichever way you go there's something visually pleasing to see. The ability to be out in greenery and tranquility just outside the third biggest city in Spain is something that many rate as essential for their quality of life. Now, James asked for five, but we decided to do six, because the sixth one is very important. It can't be overstated enough for many people. It's the feeling of safety in Valencia. You walk around, you feel safe. You don't worry about guns, you don't worry about muggings, street violence, murders, robberies. Burglaries are low and car and bike theft are pretty low too. Now we don't say they don't happen in Valencia, but it's not front and centre of your mind when you are here. Equally, we don't worry too much about natural disasters such as earthquakes, volcanoes, flooding or drought. The latter two happen at times with extended periods without rain and deluges when it does rain. But currently they're never at levels found in other parts of the world. That feeling of safety, both on an environmental level and a personal level, it's an underrated superpower that Valencia has. And the truth is that most of Spain has it too. But Valencia has it in spades. Now these are our top five plus one. But we could have included so many more. As I said, I've done a post with 112. And I don't think safety was in that. Send us your suggestions and we might include them in the first podcast of series two at the end of June. And that's it for the last in the first series of the Valencia Property Podcast. We'll be back with the new series at the end of June. And then we'll be publishing monthly, probably with more news, discussions, interviews and more. 
We like doing the podcast, so there's no way it's going to disappear. But it's a big undertaking every week, and five months of podcasting gives us a lot of content to point people towards when they're looking for their perfect Valencia property, and when they've got those questions. And we say, yeah, we answered that in podcast number 13. As usual, though, we're going to finish off, like we always do, with our recommendations for the week. Firstly, as we mentioned before, our recommended video is Richard Ayoade and Sarah Pascoe getting absolutely hammered in Valencia. The scene in La Bella de Cadiz starts about 1 minutes 50 into the video, but it's worth watching the first 2 minutes as well. Our recommended articles this week are the following. We talked about Spanish schools, uh, Spanish language schools, and we left that link in the show notes. We've talked about 112 reasons to move to Valencia post, and that's in there as well. And we also put in how to choose your lawyer, based on the fact that somebody asked, do you really need a lawyer? Yes, you do, and you should choose a good one. Our recommended property for this week, well, there were so many to choose this week. I think our listings have been excellent this week, but just for something a bit different. I'll go for the villa with the inside-outside pool in El Pooch. Take a look at the link in the show notes. I could have gone for the better-than-Grimsby villa, because everywhere's better than Grimsby, but, you know, especially this villa. Or the just-outside Requena with 161 neighbours townhouse. Or any number of others. But you'll see when you get to the homepage, there are plenty of live candidates for this week's listing. Take a look at the ones you like. As for our recommended podcast, well, you should listen to all of our episodes, which you can find on our Podbean page, which is valenciaproperty.podbean.com. But of those mentioned, God Bless America is the second one. The one about lawyers is episode 10. The Paradox of Choice is number 9. Our story, the story of Valencia Property, is number 6. Visas is number five, and the infamous Brexit episode is number four. The most popular episode continues to be the one about timelines for buying your Valencia property, and that's right back at the start, episode one. You could say there was a drop-off after that, but, you know, we expected people to hang with it, and we've got a lot of people who've hung all the way to the end. They're all worth a listen, in my humble opinion. It's not very humble at all. And the questions you might have might well have been answered in one of them. Make sure to listen to all of them and then pop over your questions to us in the form of a voice note or written and we'll get back to you next month. Until then, we look forward to producing this podcast for you again. We hope you've enjoyed the first series. The music's from Ghost Drones and we look forward to being back here in a month's time with another podcast for you. Speak soon. You have chosen wisely. Goodbye.